Hey, 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 welcome back to Chew the Bible. Hope everyone's having an amazing day. For those of you all in the Kansas City area, just wanted to make a quick announcement. So, if you're in the Kansas City area, at 2305 Northeast Douglas Street, Lee Summit, Missouri, 64064, or you can just type in, I don't know why I'm talking like this, but this is my advertisement. Yes, if you are in the Kansas City area, and you would like to check out a very awesome, classic, can, uh, good old-fashioned tent revival, Yes, you go to kctentrevival.com or, yeah, type in that address, 2305 Northeast Douglas Street, Lee Summit, Missouri, 64064, The Cure Church, Lee Summit. And on June 10th, or have we already passed June 10th yet? Yeah, June 10th at 7 p.m., Evangelist Matt Austin. Evangelist Matt Austin will be there this June 10th, 7 p.m. He will be preaching. Then you got June 11th, Pastor Lewis Kelso at 10 a.m. that Sunday. And then June 11th, Evangelist Matt Austin Again at 6 p.m. in the evening. You don't want to miss it. I won't be able to make it to the 10 a.m. service because I already promised this guy that I was going to go visit his church, Trinity, Trinity something in Granby area, South KC. And I'm taking my stepbrother. It's ought to be interesting. Uh, my mom for a while has been encouraging me to try to take my stepbrother to church. It's hard for me to take him to get him partly because he lives like 15 minutes away from me. Maybe more than that. No, he lives actually like 30 minutes away from me. Over on the things on the Kansas side, I don't know. He gave me his address. I need to, anyway. Um, uh, and also, I the weekends I have my kids, like, there's no way he would fit in my car. Eventually, I need to get a bigger vehicle. And that I want to, my dream vehicle is like a Nissan Pathfinder. All right, y'all. Anyway, let's start off with some prayer. Heavenly Father, yeah, I hope y'all can make it. Somebody listen to this podcast, can make it to the tent revival. Sorry for the short notice. But I just found out myself, like, it's crazy. Like, I wouldn't have even known about this tent revival if I hadn't watched this pastor, Dennis Upton, on YouTube. Because I have visited this church a few times. And, um... Anyway, it's just crazy. That's how I found out about it. And I'm glad I, I went. I'm going. <laughs> yeah. 
Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. We are, oh yes, pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done, all that you're going to continue to do. Pray, Lord, it doesn't take a tent. Tents are nice. Buildings are nice. Cathedrals are nice, Lord. But you say, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved, Lord. That's what you said in the book of Romans, Lord. So, and um, you said, wherever two or three are gathered there, you shall be also. You also said, he that dwells in the secret place, O the Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We say of you, Lord, you are our refuge, our fortress, our God in whom we trust. You said, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, Lord, Heavenly Father, yes, your kingdom come. Your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. So, there's even another bunch of other scriptures I can't think of off the top of my head about you, your dwelling place. You just seek to dwell in our hearts, not in just buildings, Lord, but in our hearts, Lord. Everywhere we go, we're the temples of the Holy Ghost. Everywhere we go, we carry, we're bringers of light. You said we are, we are um, the light of the world. We're cities on a hill. So, Heavenly Father, just pray, help us to remind us Christians of our identity, those that don't know you, pray that they'll cry out to you, Lord, they would desire to have a relationship with you. Help us all to just, Lord, sometimes I don't think about all that you've called me to and all the people in this world that need you, God. It feels kind of overwhelming, Lord, but you in the name of Jesus, you have empowered us, you've equipped us to do even greater works than what they did the disciples did in the book of Acts. So just come, Lord Jesus, today, fill the rooms of our hearts, every single room. I pray there'll be a revival, not just in that tent today, not just in Lee Summit, Missouri, but also all around across the Kansas City area, Independence, Raytown, Grandview, downtown KC, North KC, even way up in Smithfield, Lord. And in St. Louis, in Chicago, in Detroit, San Francisco, everywhere, Lord. Even the areas, yeah, it seemed like they're, they've been bound by Satan for years. Las Vegas, Miami. Just pray a revival would break out all across this nation. Yes, you are no respecter of persons, Lord. You, you can, there can be a move of God anywhere, Lord. I just thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you've done. As we break down into uh, Genesis chapter 5, speak to our hearts, help us this not to just be, oh, I read that in Sunday school, oh, I've heard that before, but Lord, if we our minds and our hearts be open to something new, something that would transform the way we think, the way we you know, even approach the gospel approach our relationship with you jesus we just thank you thank you thank you for all that you've done all that you're going to continue to do in jesus mighty precious name i pray oh lord i'm just going to pray real quick for people like myself
who are in that like limbo phase of work um feeling like it's time to make a pivot to something different but not necessarily always knowing what that next pivot is or that pivot may seem on the outside to not be as lucrative as what they are leaving that leap whatever they leap into like myself Lord, by praying the name of jesus so that'd be an overflow um lord overflow lord you know how much i love to give lord so um I pray there'll be a break in any confusion. There'll be a break in any um, lack. He said we're the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. We're lenders, not borrowers. So I just pray yeah, every yoke of um, bondage, Lord, over our finances, over our, yeah, for those of us that are in debt, those of us that are, um, looking for breakthrough lord simply just looking for breakthrough in all areas of our lives in our relationships and our in our finances in our careers lord just in life in general lord help us lastly to seek you first the kingdom of god and all his righteousness and and just know with confidence that all these things that we worry about these things that we say out loud and these things that we think those things that we're concerned about even when we lay our head at night they will be added unto us in jesus mighty precious name i pray Amen. All right, y'all. Got into a long prayer on that one. All right. Genesis chapter 5, King James Version. But you know what? The beauty of this podcast, it's even if nobody listens to this joker, but at least God is listening. My daddy in heaven is listening. <laughs> um, the great cloud of witnesses cheering me on is listening. This is very therapeutic. I encourage y'all to do it, you know? Even if nobody listens to it, somebody gonna listen to it eventually. Somebody, you have no clue who's gonna listen to it. And nobody has your story. Nobody has your personality. And what what I love about this format, the way I do this podcast, is like I never want it to be like this polished, scripted sounding play, you know, podcast. I don't want it to be that. Um, I want it to always feel like it's natural, feel like, yeah, like y'all are getting the, the genuine, like I'm not pretending to be anybody or pretending that none of this is pretend. So anyway, once y'all get the authentic version of A.A. Ron and anybody that I eventually bring on here. Genesis 5. All right, King James Version. Adam's descendants. This is the book of the generations of Adam in the day that God created man in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name, excuse me, Adam in the day when they were created. And Adam lived in a hundred and thirty years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were eight hundred years and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were nine hundred and thirty years and he died. And Seth lived 
and 105 years and begat Enos. And Seth lived after he begat Enos 807 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Seth were 912 years and he died. I'm sure there's at least some significance to the ages that these guys live to. The biggest observation I have every time I read Genesis 5 is that the number, the, the length of years that they live keeps decreasing. As a result of the fall, people used to live very long. In all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. And Enos lived 90 years and begat Canaan. And he lived, yeah, he had a child at 90 years old. And Enos, now I know there's some debate over, like, you know, people talk about how. One year is like a thousand years to God. And sometimes some people are like, oh, a year to them was different. So they might have actually lived less time. I don't know. I wasn't there. All I can do is go by what the word says. It says this dude was 90 years old. When he begat Canaan. Enos lived after he begat Canaan 815 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enos were 905 years, and he died. I think that's the one thing about the Bible. It can be tricky. It's like sometimes, once again, going back to what I say with my pops, like you got to chew the meat, spit off the bones. Like what is the meat of the word of God? As I've been telling my kids lately, the acronym for the Bible is, well, this is what my dad used to tell me, is basic instructions before leaving earth. This is like a treasure map. It's not just, yeah, it shows you how to live, but it's also so many just treasures all throughout this word. And um, sometimes it's easy to get caught up or debate, stuck on, or worried about things that, or yeah, some people, it's easy to like use little things like, how could somebody live to be a thousand years old, 900 years old? And, and that will be the one reason why they don't, trust the bible or read the bible you know just throw out the whole baby with the bath water just because of that one thing like that yeah but we'll believe all this other stuff i mean uh, most of the stuff that was taught in history because uh, they say he who wins wars writes writes the stories writes his story History, his story, we would trust the story of a man rather than the inspired word of God, you know. Anyway, I wasn't there 200 something years ago when the Constitution, hundreds of years when the Constitution was written. I wasn't there when all the accounts of slavery were being made or whatever and all the things that were told happened. Christopher Columbus, all this stuff that we're told that happened in the past. It's, it's all written by some man. Anyway, at some point, I think I'm going to do a whole podcast recording just about just find some of my favorite commentaries or just take some notes or something. Maybe I'll just do a blog post and write about why 
the Bible is valid, like why we can trust it is the authentic word of God compared to any other book. Anyway, I don't know how I got on that, but verse 12, and Canaan lived 70 years. I was just talking about how people get caught up in like these ages and we use that as an excuse for a reason why we can't trust the Bible. Like nobody could have lived that long. Oh, I suppose they did. Why does it even matter? And Canaan lived 70 years and begat Mahalalel. And Canaan lived after he begat Mahalalel 840 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Canaan were 910 years and he died. And Mahalalel lived 60 in five years and begat Jared. Hey, that's my middle name, y'all. And Mahalalel lived after he begat Jared 830 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Mahalalel were 890 and five years and he died. And Jared lived in 168, 62 years and he begat Enoch. All right, so that there you go. The answer to my question I asked earlier. Were there two Enochs? And yes, there must have been two Enochs because you have, yeah, Cain had a son named Enoch. I need to like verify that. Let's look real quick. Were there two different Enochs? Yep. Yep, there were two different Enochs, y'all. It's like I pay close attention. There's <laughs> there's a lot of names in the Bible that get repeated. Um John is one of those. There's multiple Johns. There's multiple uh Marys. There's multiple, what's the other name that is repeated? James, there's multiple James. Jameses. Not LeBron James, but Jameses. I'm trying to think, there's one other name that gets repeated a lot. The dude who carried um, Jesus' cross. My brain is totally like not, it's just, it's just, it's taking its time. Y'all know, once I, once I like see this, I'm like, Simon, yes, Simon, Simon of Cyrene. There's Simon Peter and there's Simon of Cyrene. I think there's one other Simon. Anyway, all right. And Canaan lived 70 years and began Mahalalel. All right. Duh. All right. Yeah. Let's scroll back down. All right. Verse 18. And Jared lived in eight, it lived in 162 years and he begat Enoch. Enoch. And Jared lived after he begat Enoch 800 years and begat sons and daughters. 
And all the days of Jared were 960, 60 and two years, and he died. And Enoch lived 60 and five years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons. Well, that's a long time. Sons and daughters and all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Interesting that he lived 365 years. We have 365 days in a year. Very interesting. That choice of number there. Three, there are 365 days in a year. I need to see why they... There are 365 days in a year. Who decided on 365? The history behind that. Anyway, and Enoch walked, verse 24, and Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. One day he was there, one day he was not. Can you imagine God just taking you? Like nowadays... Like... People are just dropping like flies, you know. Um, but it's apparently Enoch wasn't just like like you know you hear stories about people have brain aneurysms or heart attacks or strokes and then just like suddenly they're gone. Like apparently Enoch wasn't just didn't have that. He didn't actually die. He actually was just taken. High. And that's where we get the fr- the word the phrase rapture. People talk call it the rapture. That they believe Christians are gonna be sucked into the air, just disappear. That'd be wild. Like I could be like in the middle of this podcast right now, just boom. Rapture. All right, verse 25. And Methuselah lived in 180 and seven years and begat Lamech. And Methuselah lived after he begat Lamech 780 and two years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Methuselah were 969 and he died. And Lamech lived in 180 and two years and begat a son. And he called his name Noah, saying this same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. And Lamech lived after he begat Noah 590 and five years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Lamech were 777 years and he died. Hold on a second, y'all. Are there two Lamechs as well? I feel like I've seen that name before. Let's go back. Take me back, take me back, dear Lord. Yeah, there were two Lamechs, and Lamech took unto him two wives, the same. The name of one was Ada, and the name of the other, Zillah. Yeah, this is the dude who killed somebody. One of the descendants, wow, so there's... And Enoch under the line of Cain, 
and then there's a Enoch under the line of of um Seth. There is a Lamech under the line of Cain, and there's a Lamech under the line of Seth. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. All right, and Lamech lived after he begat Noah 590 and five years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Lamech were 770 and seven years, and he died. And Noah was 500 years old, and Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Interesting, interesting. All right, y'all. Wow, I see this is why it's so good to like slow down. As you read the Bible, you just miss over this gloss over some of these details. You had two bloodlines, two splits. Wow, you had Cain's bloodline, and you had Seth's bloodline, the third child. Cause, because, and I think as we read through the Bible, especially this Old Testament, we have to like, the more, this is helping me like frame how to think of like genealogy now. And I'm sure that somebody has done this, like all the descendants of that came from Cain's line that just seemed to have kept walking in wickedness. And yeah, they ended up getting destroyed. We're going to talk about the flood here shortly. Uh, um, so Cain's line apparently gets completely killed off through the flood. And then Seth's line of bloodline continues through eventually Noah. Yeah, knowing that, yeah, and Lamech, which is not, yeah. And there's, yeah, you got Enoch. You have Enoch under Cain's line, and you have a Lamech under Cain's line, and then you have an Enoch under Seth's line, and a Lamech under Seth's line, and Noah comes from Seth's line under Lamech. Wow. And then we're going to get it's going to get real juicy cuz then even though God can it's like even though God killed all these people off for being evil sends a rainbow the original meaning of the rainbow saying yeah I'm not I'm giving a I'm foreshadowing I'm kind of jumping ahead as a sign to the world hey I'm never going to flood you all again not a source of gay pride, but a source of a reminder. The rainbow is there to remind us, like, hey, I'm never going to flood you guys again. This is so wild, man, about how the rainbow is being used as a source of gay pride. It's like, don't y'all know? 
that's a sign like in that when they be the devil he loves to take god's stuff and counterfeit it anyway that's supposed to be a source of mind and like hey i'm not gonna flood the earth again And even though there's been times I don't know God probably like, man, they could sure use a good flood right about now. I could wipe some more folks off. <laughs> I don't know. Once again, I'm glad I'm not God, but God's grace covers the earth right now. His grace and his mercy. He gives us what we don't deserve and he withholds the punishments that we do deserve. This is grace and his mercy. And, um, where am I? I, just, I feel like I'm just rambling now. What was like? I had a point. I was about to land the plane on this recording, but it's like you got the all right, yeah. So you got these two bloodlines: Cain's bloodline, Enoch on, and Lamech under Cain. They keep continuing in weak wickedness. Then you got um. Even on Seth's bloodline, you got Enoch, who was taken is taken by God, raptured. And then Lamech, and then he has Noah, and this is, he's supposed to give us relief from the toil that comes from working the land somehow. What do they say? Yeah, saying this same, this same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed, like providing comfort. But as we get in, when we get into Genesis 6, I believe, yeah, when we talk about Noah, Noah ended up being the only right, him and his kids, his eight, it was eight of them. They were the only righteous ones on the earth. So even in Seth's line, there was a whole lot of sinning going on uh, in Seth's family, they were wilding out. They were doing some crazy stuff in Seth's family. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, yeah, and so Noah was the only righteous one out of all of them, him and his kids. And they're going to be the only ones that get saved on the boat. Shem, Ham, Japheth. It was so... Shem, Ham, Jap all right, Noah and his wife, and then Shem, Ham, and Japheth, his three sons, and they all had wives. So it's so that's yeah, if you take that six plus two, that's eight people. Noah, his wife, Shem and his wife, Ham and his wife, Japheth and his wife. They're gonna be the only ones. That guy was like, All right, they're the only righteous ones here on earth. I'm gonna start over the whole world with them. And then, even then, sin continued. Like, I'm sorry, you would think, you would think, right, that if you witnessed an entire flood and you had to be on a boat for 40 days and 40 nights, you see all these people get killed and drowning in water, you would think that Sh Shem, Ham, and Japheth, all of them, and Noah and his wife, they would figure things out and sin would have stopped then. It would no longer continue. It would be completely destroyed. Like from now on, then on, people would have learned their lesson and they would obey God. Nobody, there'll be no more sin. But nope. It just, once again, it's a reminder of how we can't 
there's no such thing as just being a good person or like you can create all the laws in the world men are our hearts are still bent toward breaking them because we have a sin nature and you can't obey god you can't be even a good citizen or good person without the power of the holy spirit without jesus christ being born again that's why jesus had to come that's the ultimate what i'm trying to say here this my observation is like In all of our attempts to be good, that's why the script one scripture says our that our good works are like filthy rags. But it's by our good works are evidence of our salvation. They're evidence. There's not why we are saved, but they're evidence, like the fruit of the spirit: love, joy, peace, kindness, patience, long suffering, self control. Like all those are evidence that we do have. Jesus living on the inside of us. But even then, like every single day I wrestle with sin, like I constantly have to like war and re to resist my desire to get angry, my desire to lie, my desire to do, to lust, like all those things. It's a war, all out war every single day. I have to put on the full armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the shoes of peace, the belt of truth, the sword of the spirit every single day. It's fight. So next time somebody says, uh, I just believe in getting a good human or a good person and or I'm spiritual. It's like, okay, what spirit are you operating under? Because there's one spirit that leads to life and one spirit that leads to death. Or they say, oh, just about being a good human or a good person. I think I've seen different t-shirts about be a good human. And I'm like, who is good? What is good? Who defines what is good? Because according to my definition of what is good, I could say beating my wife and molesting people and raping folks and um, murdering anybody who doesn't agree with my stance on fill-in-the-blank policy in politics those are all being a good human like who defines who gets to define what is good being a good human that's some of these slogans man just crack me up it's like nobody is good all of us are wicked all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god there was only one man on the, that walked the face of this earth that could be defined as good he determined what goodness is Anyway. And goodness is based on right, like right standing, righteousness with God. He determines what is good. And he said, the only way you can have a relationship with me is through my son, Jesus. That's it. Anyway, once again, I encourage you all to go. As when I'm talking, a lot of times it's processing this stuff out loud. Um, preaching to like this invisible <laughs> audience, uh, mainly myself right now and whoever's listening. But um, 
I just encourage y'all like to go look all this stuff up on your own. Um, even though it may sound like I'm preaching sometimes, like I'm not a preacher, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a teacher. Once again, the whole point of this podcast is to encourage you to read the Bible more because when you read it, it reads you. And um, yeah, go do your own fact checks. Read the scripture over on your own and just ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Get some, see if there's some new revelations and insights that you get and journal them. Um, I, I think I've talked about the SOAP method. It's a good method, method for Bible study. I'm pretty much kind of doing that on every episode, but I just don't, I just verbalize it. I'm not like writing it down. I need to start doing that more on my own, just on my own personal time, just journaling out stuff. Well, you write the scripture and then you write your observation or observations. And then application. How can you apply this to your life and then pray it out? So, I'll just do one real quick. So with this chapter, I'll be like, okay, scripture is Genesis chapter five. I've already made a bunch of observations. The main observation I can make is that um, two biggest observations like, hey, you got yeah, two, two Lamechs and two um, Enochs. You got two families in Seth and Cain. One is disobeying God, the other one is obeying God. And even in Seth's line, the one obeying God, they got issues in there. <laughs> People still disobeying him, right? And then you have um, this hope of Noah that, that he's going to provide some some comfort. Noah could be seen as somewhat of a type of Christ in some aspects. Yeah, this that somebody was going to bring healing to the land, but he, even he was an imperfect. That's what's wild. That's what's interesting about every person that you could like view as a type of Christ or a foreshadowing to Jesus. Even they had some sort of flaw or shortcoming, imperfection. So anyway, those are my observations. How can I apply this to my life? Uh constantly seek the lord yeah because what was it that we said in the last chapter in those days that people began to call upon the name of the lord there's something about every day like throughout my day i'm constantly calling on the name of the lord like i need his help like anytime i try to do stuff in my own strength every time i try to do stuff in my own strength it rarely does it work out and uh like or yeah it may work out for a while but then there's always like a dead end to it and god can always do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask for the main thing god like in my experience is he wants us to talk to him and include him and not try to be self-sufficient which we're going to get to when we talk about david when he took that census how god is not a fan of or he doesn't like when we try to be basically our own God. There is truly a blessing behind seeking ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. 
To love your God, Lord God, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Like, there's something behind that. Not, yeah, there's power behind that. So anyway, yes. Application, how can I apply this to my life? Um, this remembering, this this story, this just the importance of how my once my decisions affect the next generation. My sin, my choices affect my kids, whether they're with me or not. Even though I don't see them all like every single day, still my choices before a holy God they affect the next generation. And the people that are around me that are watching my life, that are observing my life. Even people I haven't even met yet. Um, yeah, gener- the power of generational sin here, right? Familial sin. Um, what else can, how else can I apply this to my life? I'm just trying to keep this simple. What are some other applications? Just like... Just knowing that God is a reminder that God is gracious and that he's merciful and that he's patient. I mean, think about it. these people. Yes, these people, some of them lived 900 something years and they still were disobeying God. And some of them were living that long. Yeah, what was it? Enoch, was it? Who was it? Which one that lived 365 years? Enoch walked with God 365 years and God took him. So if Enoch can walk with God 365 years and the average man's lifespan is ends up dropping down to about 100. Well, God caps it at about 100. Yeah, at 120. I need to look and see if anybody's lived beyond 120. I think they have. there has been some recordings of people in the last a couple centuries who live longer than 120 but that's the cap is like 120 for most men the average age is about 60 70 to 70s women tend to live a little bit longer like in their 80s like my grandma's 85 i had one great grandma that lived in her, her 90s but um if yeah that that there you go that that's my my simplest application there that'll be my simple one after i've talked this whole time if Enoch could walk with God 365 years, I can walk with God 365 days times. I can, yeah, I can live, I can walk with God however much longer God wants me to live, you know, live on this earth. My dad almost made it at age 65. My, one of my grandpas, he made it, yeah, Grandpa Eddie, Thomas Eddie Hill, he made it to 85. So I think it was 85, but. Here we go, Lord. It's because sometimes we think about, <clears throat> yeah, somebody brought that up last night at the uh, at this revival. It's like your life is so short. Like, let's just take, let's just say you live to be 65. Like, I'm 36 right now. If I live, that means if I live to be 65, I really only got about 30 more years, y'all. Um, 
I've lived basically a full I think in PGA tour they it's like um what do they do it's two matches I don't know how the terminology but it's like two rounds of 18 holes so I've already lived like a full PGA tour 36 holes and I pray to God in my last however many 30 40 <laughs> last 36 holes however you want to yeah however much longer you want to go 36 more years 40 more years and if this guy's willing for me to live to be 100 I just preferably not don't want to be foaming on myself like that and drooling and all that kind of stuff and <laughs> uh anyway let's just say I got 30 more years right 30 years, eternity, 30 years, eternity, 30 years, eternity. My prayer consistently is like, so I'll pray that right now. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, help us, help us to have hearts. I don't know what Enoch was doing. As far as I know, he didn't even have, he didn't even have, I wonder what kind of man Enoch was, like what his prayers were like. What was this conversation that you were like? Because Enoch didn't even have the the Torah. Um, he didn't have um, the Pentateuch. He didn't have the Bible at all. He didn't have the Bible was being written. He was part of the story. He was in the story. The Bible hadn't even been written yet. Yeah, he followed you so closely that you were like, I want this. I'm bringing him with me. I ain't going to let him experience death. Which is a foreshadowing of some of our generation. Some of us, either in my generation or the next generation, is going to be raptured and not experience actual death like Enoch. Um, Lord, whatever, whatever Enoch had, whatever gentle and quiet spirit that Enoch had or whatever it is that he had a level of righteousness he had and walking closely with you Lord whatever intimacy that he had with you God I, I want to have that level of intimacy with you Lord I genuinely want to have that level of intimacy with you Lord and um I just repent for any way that I've allowed myself to be distracted by the things of this world, forgetting my identity in you, loving the world more than you, praying for my kids that they will love you more than the world. Yes, that they would also have, just, I just pray, yeah, for this, this generation would have the spirit of Enoch, Lord. Not... Enoch that was born un, under the line of Cain, but Enoch that was born under the line of um, Seth. Just walked so closely with you, God, that you just said, I'm going to take this man. I'm going to rapture him up. So just thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your goodness, your mercy, your grace, your power, your love, your joy, your peace. We don't know how much time we have left, Lord, but help us to number our days 
to not take any of them for granted. It's not take to not cheapen your grace and take advantage of your grace as a license to just do whatever we want. It's not to see salvation as a ticket to heaven that's punched, Lord, but it's a an opportunity to now live a new life every single day, following you, obeying you, worshiping you, spending time with you. In Jesus' mighty precious name. And Lord, I just come against that spirit of shame and regret and fear, anxiety all over our past. Help us to forget those things that are behind us and press forward toward the mark to uh, run wild races with endurance, to finish our races strong, and to not look back like Lot's wife. Lord, we're going to get to that. We're going to talk about that here soon. Lord, help us to not look back on the things that we left, Lord. I know for me sometimes it's hard to look back, not look back at the marriage that I had and the the beautiful family that I had and the job that I had that paid a lot of money, Lord, and just the status that I had as a banker and being respected in amongst men in the community and just, yeah, not feeling ashamed to tell people like what I do for a living and all these things. Lord, things didn't turn out quite the way that I hoped for when I quit my job, Lord. But at the end of the day, I just thank you, Lord, for this wilderness experience. Thank you, Lord, for protecting me when I ran from you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for watching over me um, when I didn't want to have anything to do with you, Lord, and being so angry and so hurt and so frustrated. And uh, thank you for preserving my kids, Lord, for even giving them a good stepdad, um, providing them my kids and my former wife a good home. And, Lord, um, allowing me to have time with my dad before he passed. Lord, I can't even fully imagine or know what is on the other side of all this, Lord, what's in my future, Lord. But today I just I just pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, today I'm just going to focus on today and just enjoy today and just continue to be thankful for today and praise you today. And, Lord, lastly, everything that has breath, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. You said one day every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that you are Lord. So I pray that all men on the face of the earth, all men and women and children, Lord, would do that before it's, before it's time is up, before the flood comes in. It's like a Noah's day. They were, in, they were all doing their lives. They were just eating, drinking, sinning, carousing, partying, and then boom, rain, flood, swept them away. Help us to be ready, Lord. To be ready, to be ready, Lord, to be ready, to be ready. Fill with expectation. Ready for your return, Lord, and to be busy until then, Lord. Busy about doing the things that you have called us to do, Lord, to be faithful servants. Thank you for being faithful even when we're not faithful. Lastly, Lord, I pray for anyone on here that's listened to the end pray for a special blessing for them and for those that don't know you that don't have a relationship with you lord that they would just there would be a softening of their heart lord anything that would if has hardened their heart 
toward you, God. There be a softening, and that they will cry out to you, Lord. They will ask you into their heart to be their Lord and Savior from this day forward, and their lives will never be the same again. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, I pray. Amen. All right, y'all. Um, <laughs> sometimes I just get in a little mode, a little zone, and I'm like, "All right, we're gonna just let it. We're gonna we just we got time." <laughs> I, my rule, my one rule is I try not to make these recordings go past sixty minutes. So, because this little thing makes me uh. Yeah, the, it says the maximum recording time for segment, segments is 60 minutes. Keep an eye on the clock. <laughs> so anyway, sometimes I'll just go like 10 minutes, 15, sometimes 60 minutes. So anyway, thanks for listening. And now we're about to read this in Espanol. And then I'm going to get going and get out of here. I'm going to go pick up a few folks before... I go to this uh, tent revival. I'm debating whether or not to pick up my boys. Ask their mom if I can pick them up. Because they say they're not doing anything today. Anyway, all right, y'all pray for me. I'll pray for you. Aha. God bless. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us, or showed his love toward us, in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody, everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen.